40 years ago, the average 30-year interest rate was 18.63%. That's the highest in recorded history for our nation. And that happens to be the time that I bought my first house. And I remember our mortgage rate was somewhere between 18 and 19%. This was also the time when money markets were paying as much as 21%. Now, if you take a look at the national average for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage as of last week, it was 3.04%. That's a big difference. And I remember my father saying, you know, son, he said, I've got this 5% mortgage. It's like 5.5%. You'll never see anything like that ever again. He was wrong. And he used to say, it's just amazing the amount of interest that you're paying to buy a house. So back in the economic world 40 years ago, there was an Iranian whose name I cannot remember and cannot seem to find who was the darling of book publishers in Wall Street. And this guy ran around telling everybody that hyperinflation was here to stay and this was going to be the way it was going to be no matter what happened. He obviously was wrong. But I mention this because I want you to realize that things change and 40 years is a long time And it does reflect the fact that you can have an average interest rate, 1981, of 18.63%, and today it's 3.04%. Now, the other thing I want you to understand is that the Standard & Poor's 500, as of Friday, April the 16th, is up 11.9%. Pretty amazing. First 15 weeks of the year. And you should understand that NASDAQ has outperformed the S&P the last four calendar years, 2017, 18, 19, and 20. NASDAQ gained 150%. The S&P gained 81. Now, both of these are unmanaged indexes, and past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. I fear, however, that the prolonged growth in the market will result eventually in panic when things begin to modify a little bit. One other statistic I thought I would give you is this. According to the Centers for Disease Control, the mortality rate in the United States last year was 1.03%. They say it's the highest mortality in the last 77 years. Now, we peaked at 1.07 in 1943, and as recently as 2009, it was 0.79%. Now, here's the problem. What they have not told you is the mortality creep that has occurred since 2009. And what I do believe is a lot of the excess mortality that took place is a result of the pandemic, not the coronavirus, but the reaction to the pandemic. There are a lot of people who did not seek appropriate medical attention, heart attacks, cancer, diabetes, you name it. Because the whole world shut down, you are more at risk to go out and catch it than you were to survive it. Bill Maher recently did a um, monologue on his show. I do not listen to it. I'll play you a clip of it here in just a moment. But I want you to listen very carefully to what he says, and then I'll elaborate. Over the past year, the COVID pandemic has prompted the medical establishment, the media, and the government to take a scared straight approach to getting the public to comply with their recommendations. Well, I'm from a different school. Give it to me straight, Doc. (laughs) Because in the long run, that always works better than you can't handle the truth. (laughs) Um, 
Now, I get it. Doctors tell people lies because they don't trust you to finish the antibiotics after your dick starts feeling better. <laughs> and media? Well, I think we all know if it bleeds, it leads. The more they can... The more they can get you to stay inside and watch their panic porn, the higher the ratings. <laughs> but when all of our sources for medical information have an agenda to spin us, yeah, you wind up with a badly misinformed population, including on the left. Liberals often mock the Republican misinformation bubble, which, of course, is very real. Ask anyone who works at Hillary's pizza parlor. <laughs> and we do know conservatives have some loopy ideas about COVID, like the third of Republicans who believe it couldn't be spread by someone showing no symptoms. But what about liberals? You know, the high information by the science people? In a recent Gallup survey, Democrats did much worse than Republicans in getting the right answer to the fundamental question, what are the chances that someone who gets COVID will need to be hospitalized? The answer is between 1% and 5%. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% put the chances at 20 to 49%. So almost 70% of Democrats are wildly off on this key question, and also have a greatly exaggerated view of the danger of COVID-2 and the mortality rate among children. All of which explains why today the states with the highest share of schools that are still closed are all blue states. So if the right-wing media bubble has to own things like climate change denial, shouldn't liberal media have to answer for how did your audience wind up believing such a bunch of crap about COVID? So I deal with facts and figures. I deal with facts and figures all day long. It's called the quantitative analysis. But then the non-numbers, the non-facts, is the qualitative analysis. And as I have been preaching and preaching and preaching to every client, every prospective client, everybody who would ever listen, I have been talking about that this is a bunch of hooey. Just like the statistic that the mortality rate in the country is up dramatically does not tell you exactly what caused it. Okay, correlation may be causation. But correlation is not necessarily causation. And so you have the COVID virus, right? You got it. The problem is just because you got it doesn't mean you died from it. If you happen to have some horrific underlying medical illness or a condition you were not aware of, you are genetically wired in such a way that bad things seem to be greater to you than others. That's the luck of the draw that you got when you were made. It was the genetic cesspool that you came out of. I'm not being mean. Sometimes, again, like I've always said, bad things happen to really good people. And some people get a horrific variant a powerful dose of bad juju, and they're screwed. But to continue this whole thing is just completely ridiculous. The pandemic, the mortality rate, 1.03%. It's the highest, it's the highest, said Chicken Little. In our country in 77 years, it has to be due. It has to be due to the coronavirus. Maybe it's due to the childish overreaction by many who said, you know what, 
what we've got to do is we've got to shut down the hospital, shut down all surgeries, except for things that are absolutely critical. And then you know what? We'll basically go broke. And we're going to have to get federal bailout. And you know what? If we code everybody as having coronavirus, we're going to get more money. The whole system is a racket. It's a whole bunch of hooey. But here's what we do know. Federal government took in $1.7 million in the first six months of fiscal year 2021. Now, the first six months ended on March 31st. $1.7 trillion. But we paid out $3.4 trillion. That's amazing. So the deficit to date is $1.7 trillion, and we still have six months to go. Last year's fiscal budget, the deficit was $3.1 trillion. That was an all-time high. But based on this, we could be at $3.5 trillion or more in the way they're spending money. It might be more. But here's the key. What's the key, Paul? You can count dollars. Oh, you can fudge dollars. You can lie about it. But when it comes to medical statistics, if you know, as I do, how they count, how badly they count, how discombobulated, concophonistic, and eclectic medical statistics are, yeah, don't buy it. Don't buy it one single bit. (laughs) 